friends, Romans, countrymen, let me ears, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned to the MC Lars podcast. It is Monday, March 2nd. This is episode 79 with Laser of the Double Clicks, brought to you by the following Patreon supporters. Shout out to the new ones, Graham, Jamie, and Jessica. Shout out to the old ones, Derek, Bob, and Christina. If you join the MC Lars Patreon, you become an official fan club member. You get two songs a month. Right now I'm doing songs about the MCU. My next song is about... Guardians of the Galaxy, you get access to my old Patreon songs, the entire catalog, and you get a free number, a phone number, where if you call in, you get a free shirt. You can call in and tell an MC Lars memory of a show or the first time you heard me, and if I pick your message, guess what? You'll be on the podcast, and I'll mail you a free shirt. This week's MC, MC Lars, Lars, Patreon, Patreon Lars Lars of, the, of week. the week is MC Evil in Minnesota, a.k.a. Jennifer. She is a rapper and musician who was the first student in the MC Lars Lit Hop Academy, where I do these consulting uh, classes online or in person, where I consult you on your music, your production, your promotion. If you're interested, drop me a line, Lars at MCLars.com. And uh, we could talk about your project, your goals, and see what's up. But MC Evil leaves a great message. And she's been coming to shows for years, and she's awesome. So this is the message of the week. Jennifer gets a free shirt. Hi, this is Jennifer Bomback, um, otherwise known as MC Evil. And um, when I think about my MC Lars memory, I honestly have so many. Um, but mainly what happens when I walk away with from a conversation or some kind of interaction with Lars is that I have learned something. Um, but this has been especially true lately as I started my studies in the MC Lars Lit Hop Academy. Um, I've known for a while that Lars is a great teacher, both through his songs and his Patreon essays. Um, but now I'm learning from him with regard to my music and art. Uh, and it's amazing. He's helped me in so many ways. I've been able to create new workflows to get things done more efficiently. I'm hearing things in new ways because of the perspective he brings. Um, and I'm getting things done because he inspires motivation and a sense that you need to keep moving, right? Nothing is too precious. Um, also, joy. There's always a sense of joy when I think of MC Lars. Uh, good memories all around. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. We are going to get into it. This is my interview with Laser of the Double Clicks. As many of you know, I just finished a tour with the Double Clicks and Schaefer the Dark Lord, and it was the Baby Yoda 2020 campaign trail. Shout out to everyone who came out, who bought t-shirts, who supported. It was amazing turnout. My first headlining tour of a lot of these markets, and it was great. Like It was really inspiring. I'm not touring for the rest of the year. I'm doing a few random shows, but that was my one tour, but it was really awesome. So it was really fun to get to talk to Double Clicks. Next week, I talked to Aubrey, um, but this week is Aubrey Sibling Laser. Check it out. Hello, my friends. I'm here with Laser from the Double Clicks. Hi. Hi, Lars. Hi, Laser. How's it going? I feel happy that you were down to be on the podcast. Well, we've, we we tricked you. We were like, we have to be on the podcast. We didn't <laughs> trick you. We asked you if we could do it. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. And I'm going to be completely honest. Please. I have never interviewed a non-binary person. Oh, cool. And I 
think it's imp- this podcast. I interview a lot of dudes on the podcast. Yeah, well, you know a lot of dudes. I know a lot. I, I am a dude, but that's something I'm working to change. And mm-hmm. it's also something that's like when I get the opportunity to meet different people or have different stories, it's special. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought maybe we talk about yeah that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when did you know you were non-binary? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I've always had like a really weird relationship with my gender. I always like, even when I was a kid, I thought there was like a mistake. I was like, this doesn't feel, this gender doesn't feel right. I don't feel like a girl. I think there's like something medically wrong or something like that. Um, but it wasn't until, um, cause non-binary, it's always been a thing like for centuries and centuries, but it wasn't something that people really talked about. Um, and especially not like popularly until maybe the at least is that I heard of and like until like the last 20, 10 years. Um, and then, um, but, uh, a, a couple of friends of mine have had come out. And then when I, um, sort of experienced that and then, um, talked to them about their experiences and their stories. And they, one of the things that they re- they talked about was I thought it's like, this seemed like something to me. So I started to like I asked one or two friends to call me by a different name and use different pronouns and to see if that fit me. And yeah. I was like, that sounds really good. And so I did that. And then I also started doing something called binding where you bind your chest. And like, then I felt like my body finally like looked the way that I always felt like it should. Mm. And I just had this like big realization of like, I think I'm a trans non-binary person. Cause I finally feel like I fit in to this world. So I had like my partner and my sister, were calling me by my name and using my pronouns and was like, okay, this is feeling right. This is feeling good. And then, you know, like a year later, I was like, okay, I feel good. I can, I, I want to come out and, and have this be the identity the world knows me by, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so Laser, your name is Laser. Yes. That's an awesome name. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, your partner, you, you called him your husband. Yeah, he's my husband. And um, how long have you known him? Uh, we've known each other, oh gosh, seven, eight years now. Wow. Yeah, he's wonderful. That's I love cool. him. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout out Richard. You're the best. Um, being on tour, yeah. you really have to put a lot of effort into connecting with your partner when you're away. That's true. You know this. And like when we were at the aquarium in Chicago, which was awesome. Yes. I was petting the, um, we were petting the starfish, sea stars and I, Aubrey and I, and then I, my wife, I had to talk to her, I was petting the starfish. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. it's cool, but it's also sometimes, I don't know. It's, it's, it requires a lot of effort. Yeah. What are ways you do to connect with Richard and make sure that your relationship's strong when you're on tour? Oh, that's such a good question, Lars. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is like knowing each other, like giving each other a lot of space to be, I think it's easy to be like, I don't know, to get like offended, you don't have time for me, that kind of thing. And we both have this world of like, we know you're busy and we're going to connect as soon as we can. But if we can't, we can't, you can't get mad, you know, because we're busy, like you're on stage or he's like, he's got a crazy schedule. So that's the main part. Um, But then also just like constant selfies. And he sends me lots of pictures of our cat. Right. And I send him anytime I meet an animal, I'll send him a picture of me and the animal because he loves that. Um, We love pets very much. Um, and then, yeah, just, just catching up on like all of, all of the stories. We do a lot of like catching up once I'm home. Um, okay. like as soon as I get home from tour, I'll spend like, we just kind of spend a couple of days of like, this is our little vacation of like, let's get 
get back together, you know? Yeah. Let's, like, spend some downtime and just before I become social with the rest of the world again, I'm just going to, like, reconnect and reground myself in my home with my family. You know what I mean? That's important. Yeah. I find when I get home, it's like I want to hug my wife and it's and it's really great to see each other but it, it takes a little bit of time to to get back like like yeah. adjusting to time zone like yeah. things are normal again especially when it's a long tour oh it's so yeah what's the longest tour you've ever done well last year we did um it was like we did we were basically on tour for 6 months but it was like 3 2 to 3 weeks at a time okay Wow, it's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. The I think the longest like unbroken tour we did was five weeks, but we actually brought my husband with us. Hey. Yeah, it was before we got engaged. It was like, let's see if we can do this, and if we can do this, then we can get married. And yeah. we, we did it, and then he was like, I'm not going to go into her anymore. And I was like, that's fair, because <laughs> he doesn't perform. So it's just like, this is a lot. Yeah, it's not fun. Like, if you're no. not performing, the tour cannot be – it's just a lot of driving, you know? It's not like – in commerce, was he helping with merch? Or? Yeah, he was doing merch. He's yeah. great at it. Yeah, oh, sure. he has a t-shirt system. You wouldn't believe. That's what's it's up. It's so good. But yeah. You say he designs games? Yeah, he designs board games. That's a great job. It's so cool. He's so <laughs> smart and just like so good with people. And yeah, I love him so much. Oh, I can see why you both relate to yeah. each other. Um, you grew up in the South? or Yeah, so we lived in Kentucky until I was six, and then we moved to outside of Boston, and I was there until I went to college in Portland, Oregon. And you studied poetry and creative writing? I did. I My major was international affairs. Oh, wow. But I had a minor in English. I almost had a minor in English. I didn't want to do middle English, so I didn't finish <laughs> it. But um, I did, uh, but yeah, a lot of poetry. A lot of poetry. Yeah. I took all the poetry. I love poetry. You, don't, you love poetry, too. Poetry's the best. It's so good. Um, okay, so po let's talk poets. Let's talk poets. Ladies, who are some of your favorite poets? Ooh, um, I, you know, I, I don't want to be judged. I love Billy Collins. Do you like Billy Collins? I haven't read much Billy Collins, but he's Irish, right? Yeah, he is. Oh, gosh. I'm going to look yeah. it up to make sure I'm saying that I, I'm doing the right thing because it's been a while. Um, I mean, I love E. Cummings. Oh, yes. I love, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Collins. He was, so he was, Billy Collins was the poet laureate of the U.S. in like the early 2000s. And he just like writes nice, simple poems that rhyme. Right. And like, that like, a lot of po poems don't have to rhyme and they don't have to be anything particular. But I feel like he really does a good job of like, this is what people think poems should should be like they're very easy to grasp onto but they're also just so emotional at the same time i need to study him more yeah i think you would like him um i like him a lot and uh e cummings is just amazing yeah i just just can do some incredible stuff with words <laughs> um have you and letters have you ever done a thing where you took a poem you liked by another author and turned it into a song we did, <laughs> the only time we've done that was uh, we took a poem from a Star Trek episode and turned it into a song. That's what's up. Yeah. We took a poem that the the robot or Android data wrote to his cat. Right. That's we set pretty it, tight. We set it to music. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then one time, this isn't the same thing, but one time in high school, I, I took a song from My Fair Lady, The Street Where You Live, and I rapped it. That was the first, Are you serious? Yeah. It was one of my first solo performances. I rapped on the street where you live and i wrote some extra verses to it that's pretty tight yeah um the tabletop games song yes that you bring me up for you kind of you sing and rap your verses a little bit a little that. bit yeah i don't know what the definite i don't consider our it rapping just because i don't feel like we don't have that skill 
that y'all do in terms of like making a real rap song. But it's, I would say because it's quicker than your other songs and the cadence and the beat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all whatever. It's all just like the same thing. But I wanted to go on record to say you're one of my favorite lyricists I've toured with. Oh, thank you. And I love your songs. and And I love how you use like pop culture metaphors to tap into things that our nerdy fans may be dealing with, trying to get through, like the Clifford song about it's okay to be different. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Like, it's just, I think it's very cool to, metaphor is very important. And I think with nerdy cultures, in nerdcore, I talk about this on the podcast, like you could do what we call Wikipedia raps. Like, this is my song about Darth Vader. These are all the facts. Or what I think is more interesting, not to disparage those artists, Darth Vader has a troubled relationship with his son. And this is maybe a way I relate to my grandpa or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not sure. saying that's true, but like being able to connect, use pop culture as a way to tap into what's personal. And I see that in a lot of your work. And is that intentional? You know, I think we didn't really do it on purpose at first. It just happened to be what we were doing. We were like, this is a song about Dungeons and Dragons, but it's also a song about love, whatever. Um, and then when people... I don't, especially at the beginning, and I'm sure you experienced this too. People like tell you what you're doing. They're like, you do songs about nerd stuff. And and we were like, that's kind of true, but I feel like that's not the whole story, you know? And it's like, we more, but like being confronted with having to describe what you do makes you more like aware of it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have what you have like a five word description of your genre, is it? Don't you? It, it, it's like <laughs> yeah. laptop rap, lit, lit hop, laptop rap, and it's like we we have to do that too. Of like, yeah. What's your elevator pitch for Double Clicks? Let's um, say I just met you. Yeah. Well, so it's uh, I would say my sister and I we have a ukulele and a cello and a cat keyboard and we write nerdy folk pop music. Um, cats, dinosaurs, feelings. Yeah. Um, cats, dinosaurs, anxiety, cats, dinosaurs, queer identity. One of those things is what I usually say. Because it's like, if you like those things, you will like us. It may not be like a full description of what we do, but if that appeals to you, I think you'll you'll like us. And But yeah, but like people, and I'm sure people tell you that they're like, you should write a song about this and you should mm. write about it and you don't care. And it's, and so, <laughs> and, and so when I, when we get that, that just like makes me work in front. It's like, we don't just do songs about the concept of a programming language. Do we do songs about things that are really deeply important to us? Right. Um, like body image or anxiety or, you know, I, you know, or even just like literary things that are important to us, like stuff that really means something to us. And it just happens to be that we come to at, to, at life through the perspective of being nerdy folks, you know? Yeah. And, and guess what? A lot of people can relate to that. Absolutely. And when you're yourself and you, the songs mean something to you, they'll mean something to the audience. Yeah. Do you but, find that too? People like tell you what you are and you're like, that's not it though. <laughs> well, I, you know, honestly, Laser, I I wrestled with the nerdcore term. Oh yeah. I know all of you have, I feel like everybody, every person who falls under that. Has, and they talk about it because yeah. it's, it's good for branding. It's good for yeah, showing yeah, yeah. up. But um, I always felt, well, yeah, I mean, these days I think it's cool because it's lasted so long. Yeah. But I always wanted to be, oh, I wanted to not just be that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, um, yeah, and you you probably you don't want to just be nerd rock, nerd folk. That's right. so limiting. Yeah, well, because people hear that and they think they either think I like that or I don't like that. Right, and it's like, well, you don't even know us. You don't yeah. know what that is. You know, don't judge, don't you hate. 
just because you don't like one person who does this doesn't mean you won't like us, you know? Everybody's so different. Here's your secret weapon, though. You and Aubrey are really good musicians. Oh, especially her. She's amazing. And your harmonies and everything. It's like a very musical experience that you can't just trade on references and whatever. That can only go so far. And you both have been doing this for over 10 years now, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you wrote a book on um, crowdfunding, right? Yes. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's called Crowdfunding for Musicians. It came out through Berkeley Press, Hal Leonard. Um, and that was that's because, so we, we did our first Kickstarter in 2014. You're also a Kickstarter man, I know. Um, for our album, and our first album raised eighty thousand bucks on Kickstarter. And it was Good like, job. yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but people were immediately like, "How'd you do that? Tell me how to make my page better." And and so we've been asked for advice for you know forever. Um, and and I I've been like writing up blog posts and giving advice. And then you know some friends of ours were like, "I want to launch an album, but I'm too scared, or I need to wait to be signed to a label, or I need to wait for this validation." And I was like, "No, you can just do it. Right. I can help you." And I, and so that kind of organically turned into me like helping manage people's kickstarters and after doing that like five times i was like i kind of have a system down maybe i should just write a book about it yeah um and so yeah that's where this book came from and and yeah so it's a kind of like a step-by-step -step. like the second half of it i think is like building a crowdfunding page whether it's kickstarter or patreon and the first half of it is the hard part of what you and I do, which is like building an audience and right. using the internet and like the stuff that people don't want to do because it's work and it takes time. But it's like, if you don't do that, then you're not going to raise money on Kickstarter if you don't do the work first, you know? Because it's very rare that people will be like, just scrolling through Kickstarter and be like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. It happens, but it's not common. No. And especially it, it you need that first boost of stuff. Cause like if you're just scrolling through Kickstarter and you see a project that has no money donated to it already. You know, you're not going to just be like, oh, well, these people certainly seem like they've earned my $50. <laughs> With two days left. <laughs> yeah, not quite yet. Not quite the the thing. But yeah, it's so rewarding. I mean, like, you, you, I mean, you're super punk rock. You know, like, just working directly with your fans in any way is just so rewarding. And like, you don't yeah. have to, you don't have to do what other people, what like the, the man thinks is the kind of music that's popular now. And you, you can just be out there and doing it. And I love it. I love it so much. Music industry is so much about what's hot, especially hip hop. Yeah. What's right now. And that's why Old Town Road, it was such a phenomenon that that song was like number one for so long because it's so much about the turnover with the music industry. Mm -hmm. But nerds, God bless them. They're so incredible. <laughs> they like something, they're going to like it for years. Yeah. And they're going to keep coming back. And that's what's been amazing about this tour we're on is because you all have very loyal fans. You bring yeah. a lot of fans. Schaefer and I have fans. And- it just blows my mind that they keep coming back and that right. together we combine our powers. And it's, I think my, our fans are maybe haven't seen y'all before and vice versa. Yeah. That's cool. It's so fun to, to team up. How do you have fans that you've watched like grow up? Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the, the, the Barnett's a family we stayed with in, um, Cleveland, their son Maddox used to, he's been, they've been coming for like 10 years. Now he's like awesome. in high school. That's so great. I bet you have that too. Yeah. 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 Just like kids. We literally had a kid come to one of our shows in Texas and they were like, I used to listen to you when I was a kid and they're like 20 now. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not that old, <laughs> but I guess I am. It was very Cute. I mean, it's just so fun. But I like I was that kind of kid too, you know? Like I listened to the same three records like most of I mean, sprinkle in some other stuff, but like my favorite music 
was, you know, the same like Beatles, Weird Al, They Might Be Giant stuff for 10 years. Like the, right. it's just what I loved. And like, you know, we're the kind of people who go to like six or 10 concerts for the same band over our life, you know, cause it's just like, I feel it. Yeah. I get it. Like, <laughs> and I love that kind of people. It's rare. It's not, it's not about breadth. It's about depth. To yeah. use that aphorism or whatever. And, it, and it's, um, it's cool to meet people with similar inspirations. You like Adam and his package. Oh yeah. You told me you always liked the metric song, which I've randomly, that's one of my favorite songs too. It's so good. I love it. It's cause yeah. there's, it's, it's so passionate about yeah. science. <laughs> but but it's like it, again it's kind of like what we were just talking about it's like yeah. it's not just a wikipedia song about the metric system it's like really passionate and like got a lot of feelings in it about all kinds of stuff really if you think about like yeah being about, defensive and being trying to be cool and being like i don't know it's a great song and political to canada canada yeah, thinking we're canada. stupid <laughs> <laughs> and what i love about adam is package which is which i also love about double clicks is his melodies are catchy and good oh yeah yeah and he's badass musician absolutely and um that's important too you know it's yeah. like it's like art is making important art is a long process yeah and um what i also like about songwriting is if you have a bad experience you can turn it into something positive oh for sure and that redeems it you know yeah it's so therapeutic i i am so thankful for music because it's taken some of the darkest things in my life and really made it into something that not only makes me feel better, but can make other people feel better too and help them deal with their like traumatic experiences and stuff. Or like just even the thing that, you know, the bad messages that your brain tells you, you can like, by speaking it out loud, you can reduce its power for yourself and for everybody else. It's just, it's, it's magic, you know? It's totally magic. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And by, by being up there, people are like, oh, this person took their weaknesses into strengths. What's that, that Jonathan Colton, it's going to be the future soon? Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's a good example of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's a really, I think we, this generation of artists, we were born at a really cool time. Mm -hmm. And so when you were a kid, did what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you ever think about that? Yeah, I think I really, I wanted to be a novelist. I wanted to write books. Um, I finally finished a book, but it wasn't a novel, <laughs> this one. But right. um, uh, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to be a writer for a long time. And then I think I wanted to, I wanted to be a journalist. Um, I, I didn't really think music was going to be the thing I did, mostly because our whole family was so musical and I wanted to be like rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 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 But you had art and music around. Oh, for sure. And um, Aubrey was saying how your parents met at North, in North Texas. Yeah. And they're both musical. Yeah. Um, when did you realize you could sing and, and write songs? Like, how old oh. were you? <laughs> it's very nice that you say I can sing. <laughs> um, I, uh, we, I didn't start doing that. Basically, basically for the double clicks was when I started writing songs and feeling good about it. So that was 2009. That was... 10 years ago. Um, cause I, 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 and I think we all have these like things that we're never going to let go of. I never got into an honors choir, never got into a play. I, w I never passed any audition when I was a kid or in high school or anything. It's like, I really wanted to be on that stage and I never got there. Um, it's kind of a competitive thing in our town. Mm. And I was just like, okay, well, my voice is bad and I can't sing and I can't perform and people don't want to watch me. And so I, and I carry that with me to this day, <laughs> but it's like, I, if I do it myself, nobody can tell me to stop. You know right. what I mean? And if I write my own songs, then I get to sing the songs. And, right. Um, I, you know, I can write them in my own range and I can write it for myself. And, right. Um, 
and yeah, so that's basically when I started was just like three three chords and a and a guitar in my dorm room and making it happen, you know. And um, you collaborate with your sister a lot. Yeah. And so let's talk about the process. You write most of the chords and the lyrics and Aubrey yeah. does arrangements. Is that it? Or? Yeah, that's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, it's um, we, it's a lot of like, we kind of talk about the idea and then it's kind of figuring out if this song is about anxiety, then like what exactly is the point of view and the perspective and what's the hook going to be. And that, that'll be like what I kind of throw my head against a while. And then, lyrics will come together in a structure. Um, and then I'll record some sort of weird demo on my phone and send that over to Aubrey and she can make it sound good. She throw that cello on there. She can program. She can do all kinds of stuff That's tight. that I can't do <laughs> and make it sound really good. But sometimes I just write the words um, and she'll set that to music or sometimes I'll just record a melody and she'll figure out the chords and make something real weird out of it. There's a song on our new album called We're All Gonna Die mm. um, where I was too... Oh, my arm was broken. Mm. So I couldn't play guitar. And so I just sang it. And then I made like weird noises like, but but and she recorded that whole thing. <laughs> it was so funny. I love it so much. Um, Cause she's just like, all right, this is what you wanted. I'll just figure it out. And uh, yeah. it's so, it's very, they might be giancy and weird. Cause it's got like weird horns and stuff on yeah. it. Yeah. It, so it, she actually, she actually mentioned that exact project. Oh, really funny. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Um, you live in different cities now. You're yes. in LA. Yes. Um, what do you like about LA? Oh gosh, it's sunny, and I love that. Um, it's, uh, I love so I do a lot of like improv and comedy stuff now, and I I'm producing like three monthly shows where I just get to go out and just do silly stuff. It's just so like therapeutic <laughs> to be. Yeah. Out. I do. I am in a musical improv group where we just come up with like a brand new musical, right, and then it's gone, and it's just. It's kind of like like a like a sand mandala or something. Right. It's just like this like experience of being together and supporting each other, and then just no matter how bad my day is, at the end of it, it's like yay. <laughs> and but the the people in LA are just so talented and so right. excited about creating stuff and down to just make something. Let's just do it. Right. And I think that's my favorite part about LA. Um, and it's also like. I think the first time as an adult, and this is just kind of where I am now as a person, where I've really had like good friends, you know, and like, because basically I went from college to being a touring musician, so I was gone all the time. And that's right, really right. hard to have friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, especially since we don't tour with the same people all the time, like it's just not easy to have like, let's ha come over for dinner or like, let's have some tea and talk. Like, yeah. so this is like the first time I've really been in a place where I feel like I can be like these are the these are my people and we all understand each other and yeah. play games and that's cool have real friendships which is really nice. How long have you lived in LA? Three years. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I I've lived in LA. I lived in Hollywood, two thousand eight. Then two thousand eleven to two thousand fourteen, I was in Mar Vista. Mm -hmm. um, and they're very different places. Yeah, I love being near the beach, but I love the action Hollywood and being able to take the the metro places. Yeah, that's where I, my Robot Kills record. I did most of that in Hollywood, and I found that I had so many great musicians I could collaborate with. Oh, absolutely, who lived just around there, and that's kind of why that record has so many features. Yeah, it's which fun. is kind of cool. Yeah, I know a ton of people just through the process of like doing improv and taking classes and just meeting people and going to shows. It's just like, 
so many talented people who are just down to like throw some keys on something, you know? And it's just like, let's make something silly, beautiful happen. And That's what's up. They're so talented. It's just amazing. <laughs> we love you, LA. Yay. Um, okay, so this tour, you have a new album called The Book Was Better. Yes. When did that drop? It dropped uh, last year, 2019, I think. August? That's not true. May. May. So it's still new. It's less than a year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that album is you it's on Bandcamp and Spotify and everything. Oh yeah, for sure. Where do you rec- where do you like to send people to check stuff out? Wherever is easiest for them. Okay. That's what I I mean cuz everybody has their favorite thing, I think. Sure. So, if you want to download it, Bandcamp's great, and if you want to stream it, stream it wherever you're going to remember it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Come to the show, that's what's up. Yeah, come to the show, <laughs> absolutely. Um are you working on new music? Yes, we're currently working on a musical. That's dope. It's also going to be a concept album and also going to be a regular album and also going to be a musical about robots called Teaching a Robot to Love is the tentative title. Yeah. Um, because it's it's about like having a hard time relating to people and then also a robot who or a sentient artificial intelligence who teaches us all how to be people. That's cool. And you have that song about the the normal human party. Yeah, that's on there. Where the robot's trying to create this perfect human experience, but it mirrors the anxiety of actually being a human throwing a party. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I love that song so much. It makes me very happy. <laughs> I love doing it live because the audience is so supportive. They it's just it. begging for affirmation <laughs> and you get it. When you beg for it, you get it. It's great. <laughs> being vulnerable on, I learned this, this took me a while to learn. Being vulnerable on stage is such a strength. Yeah. And it and you can and you can be like especially early on when you're playing and people aren't listening or yelling things and being heckled, it can be hard. Yeah. But when you can be confident about being vulnerable, that's amazing. And then you can be more vulnerable out like off stage, I've found. I agree. From my experience. I think yeah. the thing that I like sometimes forget but then always remember is like to play for the people who like you. And not to impress the people who are cynical, you know? Because like sometimes it's like, oh, that person's really cool and they look like they need, they like don't like me. So I'm going to try to impress them by being really cool. But it's like, who cares about them? There's like, you know, there's, even if you can't see them, just like play for the person who is going to really enjoy this. Sure. You know, no matter what, like, and then you're having a better time and the people who, and we always try to like not talk down to ourselves because that's one of the things that we want our fans to like see as well is like believe in yourself and don't don't put yourself down and don't be ashamed of who you are or what you look like or you know your voice or your body or anything that you say like you're great and we right. try to model that behavior as well and so that's that's something that we have to like remember to build up because it can feel really difficult to do I, and I think that that is so entrenched in us, especially in like capitalist, like how the world works. You have to be a certain way. You have to look a certain way to be. Yeah. And that takes a while to figure out and to learn. And I think it's cool about that that world's changing. Yeah. We could be part of that. Yeah, it's nice. Um, my So my wife's in a band and, and um, someone once told her, she, like it's after her concert, someone's like, you were great. And she used to say, oh, no, no, no. And, and um. Her friend's partner said, no, when someone says you're great, say thank you. Yeah. And that's like a, a good lesson. I used to be kind of like self-deprecating, like, um, I, whatever. No, no, it's just I'm trying to rap, but I can't. But you get to the point where you're like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And you're great too, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, don't yeah. tell people that they're stupid for complimenting you, that's you know? That's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's like, that's, I, I find, I, 
I have some of my 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 friends who are musicians or people I work with. They're like, uh, yeah, listen to this song. It's fine. Or like, and it's like, well, don't tell people that if they like your song that they're stupid or that they're right. bad. Like, you wrote a song and you thought it was good, so don't tell people it's bad. Like, yeah. maybe you're begging for approval, but but why not tell people if they like you that they're good? Because that's what it's true. You know, yeah, that's what's up. It's true. And affirm them and affirm yourself. Yeah positivity and you say something you say something on stage that it's not interesting to hear what people don't like whatever you want to hear what they do like yeah and i think so much of the music industry i found this especially talking to people who work in the industry they love to talk about what albums didn't do well what artists are selling less tickets that's so freaking boring oh who cares and that's you know who cares and so that like that's took a while to find like the business team of people in my life who don't talk about that stuff and I'm yeah. makes me a happier person, honestly. Yeah, you don't have you know? to. I don't know. I feel like we're all succeeding. It's, it's always possible to talk about the negatives, and but that's what I'm. All, I always think about like people like Amy Adams or Brad Pitt or like at the very top of their career, Anna Kendrick, whatever. I'm sure they look at someone else and they think that person's successful. I'm not successful. I'm a failure for these reasons. Like you know, Lizzo, whatever. Like like right, every right, you're right. always gonna see. It's always possible to see the stuff you're not doing. It's always possible to see things as a failure. And you're literally, no matter how high you climb, that's always going to be possible. So why don't you be happy with what you have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. That's something you. That's something that takes a while to learn. Oh, yeah. We could share it takes a message. really long time to <laughs> it takes learn. It's a lifetime. I'm still learning it. Still every day, <laughs> every until I eat breakfast. <laughs> um, so, Laser, I wanted to ask this question. Yes. How can... Cisgender people be more like allies to non-binary people. That's a really good question. I mean, I, I first of all, I want to say like everybody's different, so like I can't speak for every non-binary person. Yeah. in the world, obviously. Right. Um, I'll tell you some things that I really appreciate, which is, um, sometimes, um, it's like if you don't know somebody's pronouns, um, and you don't want to assume them, um, instead of just guessing or whatever um one good way to be to be like if you're meeting a person and they they're you can say like hello i'm laser i use they them pronouns what's your name what what pronouns do you use and that way you're not just being like you look queer and i don't know what to call you you're just like let's this is a regular thing that we all do you know that kind of thing yeah um there's always i mean there's like the standard like hey boys and girls hey ladies and gentlemen isn't an inclusive thing to say but like and that's that's I think changing, and and people are doing the folks thing, and I think that's great. Yeah. I think, um, or y'all, right? Y'all. Oh, yeah. I love y'all. Yeah. I love y'all. <laughs> I love y'all. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then just like listening, you know, and um, mm, oh, there's so many things, but like listening, believing people, celebrating, um that you know when people are, are happy and and amplifying voices of people who who are um who are experiencing things that that people need to hear about because like i can you know i can talk my head off about trans issues forever but if um you know it says gendered person with like a bigger audience or for example is going to talk about it then maybe their fans who don't already know about it will will learn a little bit and that's um that's always really cool like yeah. sometimes my my friends who are who like run bigger projects will reach out to me and be like, how do I, like, I want to put pronouns on name cards. What do you say preferred pronouns or do you say pronouns or whatever? And they'll 
run stuff by me and I'm like, because they're my friend, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I would love to help you with this information because it's so much better to like ask and like, um, you know, and to, to try, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and be aware that when you try, and this is true all the time. And this is something that like is so hard, but like when you try, you might fail and that's yeah, okay, yeah. but it's better to try than to not try. And sometimes you might step in something, but like, it's better than going into a cocoon and deciding never to learn. You know what I mean? And not talk about it. Yeah. I, um, early on, I, I learned that I misgendered someone and, and, um, that person very nicely explained to me, this was maybe six, seven years ago. And I really, really appreciate it. Cause it was a teachable moment. Yeah. I started researching and, um, yeah. So being sensitive, but being able to ask and, and like, What's your preferred pronoun? Say yeah. That to people. Yeah. What's your pronoun? That's yeah. that's a really the pronoun. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's so good to like, and yeah, and when you're corrected, like, don't get mad and don't right. be like, well, how would I know that? It's more just like, yeah, okay, oh, dope, what? like, dope. That's so awesome. Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's your name. That's a great name. Love it. Let's take a selfie. You know, it's just yeah. like it doesn't have to be a big deal. And like, being non-binary, it's something I am so happy to talk about because of the position I'm in, like we have a lot of non-binary fans and we have a lot of people I get to talk about it all the time and I love it and I love talking about it. But it's also just one part of my identity, right? right and like right. every person has so many aspects of themselves. So, you know, you kind of just, at a certain point, a lot of us just want to like, this is my pronoun and this is my name. And also I love Roger Rabbit or I love, you right, know, like right, this right. isn't my whole thing. Like yeah. mostly I'm an MC Lars fan <laughs> right. and I just happen to be at this show, you know? So, so it's, um, it doesn't have to be the whole, the whole thing. Like with anything. You probably don't like doing interviews where that's all that people want to talk about. I'm wondering, but that does that ever happen? Not, I mean, I, I think I, because of the position I'm in, I like talking about it. Yeah. Um, especially if people are understanding <laughs> and, <laughs> and like believe there's some people who are still like learning. Let's say it that learning. nicely. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think. But but I'm sure that it, it isn't the only thing I want to talk about forever because yeah. I love robots. You right. know what I and mean? And dinosaurs. And dinosaurs and cats. Yeah. Especially cats. Um. So you know, it's it's fine. That's I like. Cool. It. I'm glad you talked. You asked me about it because I like talking to you. Thanks for being candid. Of course. And thanks for laser. I wanted to say that this tour. It's meant a lot to me because it's shown that it's. I'm in a, at a, a, a new moment in my life that I'm not really like publicly talking about, but it's exciting to be able to be like, oh, music will always be part of my life, and I'll always have and having new friends and you too, and like be able to tour. It's been it's been a really positive, amazing, surprisingly well attended tour and it's, it's been great. really been fun and you both are so helpful and so good and so I wanted to go on record saying it's meant a lot to me that y'all took time to do this so thank you oh thank you for having us Lars this has been the best we're like we feel like we're finally at the cool kids table being on this tour so we feel like <laughs> same yeah it's, it's been it's been a real it's been a real blast <laughs> well I, one day if it ever works out I think it'd be fun to do more shows if it ever works I would love that That'd I would love tight. that yep that's what's up check out the book was better by the Double Clicks. They have a huge catalog. And um, Laser, you have your own Twitter, right? In addition yes. to the band? Yeah, yeah. it's Laser M. Weber, W A B B E R. And uh, yeah, and the Double Clicks. And you can find everything from those places. 
That's so, what's up. Yeah, we have a great website, thedoubleclicks.com. So. And you should write a song about that. Is that the podcast? Yeah, it is. And then you have your Patreon. Yeah. And that's what's up. Get up on there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Lars. Thanks, Laser. Bye. I entered this scene through rejection and honesty. Nerds weren't mean. They were weird. And that worked for me after 10 years of teasing. When social skills failed me, Dungeons and Dragons cured all that ailed me. We read books, we played games, we made art, we watched Lost, we said things like me. 20 shipping and mana cost. It felt good to be myself, not being mocked, still self-conscious though. We whispered things about jocks, but one day you grow up, come into your own. Now geek's not rejection, it's a label I own Then ignorant haters come to prove me wrong Tell me I'm not nerdy enough to belong I've got nothing to prove I've got nothing to prove I've got nothing to prove That's a funny one, go ahead How many comic books are there I haven't read? I know it feels good to have a contest you win It would feel even better if I wanted in So women aren't geeks, is that your conclusion? That this is some secret club based on exclusion? Twelve-year-old dorks would say you're being selfish And then they'd go write in their journals in Elvish
That was the Double Click song, Nothing to Prove, which is an awesome song. Check out the music video and be sure to tune in next week for part two, my interview with Aubrey. And in the meantime, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And thanks for checking out the podcast. Please tell a friend. Please leave a review. We'll keep it moving. Keep it joyful. Thanks, everyone. Bye.